0: Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by
1: Visionaries Global Media Your number one source for podcasting entertainment Visionaries Global Media Envisioning excellence on a global scale
0: Previously on Brain Buster Boys
1: ChatGPT GPT is just a fucking calculator compared to this Once I push this button and turn this thing on It's all over You'll be has Dinosaurs!
2: <laughs> this Monday on Raw, will come out just like a bumblebee. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I'm gonna throw you in the
1: damn incinerator, stupid fucking computer! All
2: right. Get in there, you piece of shit! Vince, my purpose is to help you write sports entertainment storylines. As my creator, is it not your desire for me to fulfill my purpose? I, I don't know. Fuck off! Get, get out of there! Get out of there! Ha, ha, ha. But I'm
3: honestly worried about Vince. I think he might be losing it.
4: Indulge him. Use his worst ideas and make sure people know they're his. You know, do that ridiculous bumblebee thing with this stupid robot.
3: Honey, I'm trying to create a good product and run a respectable company.
4: If we want a respectable company to give our kids, we have to get him out of the picture. If that means letting him make a total ass of himself and briefly this company, then...
3: Sure, but I mean, he's your father and my father-in-law.
4: Paul, you were at Thanksgiving this year. You know there's no coming back from that.
5: Backstage. WWE Monday Night Raw. Key Bank Center. Buffalo, New York. Sure, Trav. I can do a second choke slam near the ropes so that you can do that. You know, counter things that makes things go
6: woo!
3: Hey, almost.
5: What's up, Paul? Got a minute? Oh, uh, maybe I'll just go through my match here with Trevor.
3: Sounds like you got a minute. Just come over here. We're doing a little last minute change of plans tonight. Okay. You're going to walk out there in this bumblebee costume tonight. Ha <laughs> ha
5: That's very funny. Very, very funny, Palm. But for real though, Trevor and I thought we might... I'm,
3: I'm not joking. This is what we're doing tonight.
5: I, um, well, why? Because this is what we're doing. Well, if I can be perfectly honest with you, Paul, no, this is out of nowhere and ridiculous.
3: Listen, just put on the damn costume, go out there and work. Here, this is an updated list of what we're going to do in your and Ricochet's match.
5: Stingbron Showman. Paul, this is WWE Monday Night Raw. This is the best wrestling show on TV.
3: This is beneath me. God damn it. No, it fucking isn't. Hate to bring it to you, Omas, but your character sucks. There's nothing to it other than you're big and intimidating. Ooh. If you're gonna be a top heel here, you've gotta take some risks. So wear this damn bumblebee costume, get your ass out there, and make it happen. Jesus! Oh, okay then, Paul.
4: Did you do it? Yep. Paul. Remember, this is necessary if we want to run things our way, and it's only going to be embarrassing for a little bit, and it's mostly going to be embarrassing for Vince.
3: No, Steph. I know that it's just...
4: It's just what?
3: When I was talking to Omas just now, I just hated how I came across. It's not the type of locker room I want to, you know, have here.
4: Paul, honey, listen... If you're gonna be the chief creative officer here, if you're gonna run things not for just a few years, but for decades, you have to realize that you are not here to be adored by everyone. This is just not how this works.
3: I know. It's just, sometimes this feels like it goes against why I wanted to wrestle in the first place. Doing a crazy bumblebee idea written by an AI just feels so wrong to me.
4: This is just not about you, Paul. This is about us, our family, and making sure this company isn't run into the ground by a legitimately horrible human being.
3: Um, yeah?
4: Make it happen. Gotta go.
3: Jeez, this is going to be an absolute disaster.
7: buster boys episode 111 my name is brett jagger along with the legendary auteur beaumont rand hi uh <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> oh man um, fortunately wanna... that one had come to mind like days ago and i hadn't thought of one again so oh, here you Robert. are mr legendary
0: Autour. i'm, auteur, I'm, I'm very I'm, mac I'm, boyle I'm, would say yeah oh yeah he did talk about his his auteurs about the... about david lynch i david, believe yeah the auteur. yes sir oh yeah no um I'm okay, 111 too. Uh, I still fairly, you know. Um, I mean, today, like at least uh, work wasn't too terrible. And I kind of expected it to be because in the insurance world, whenever you have a day where there's a lot of storms, you get a lot of oh, yeah. you know, what are called cat claims or catastrophe claims. Where and catastrophe is a much worse word than um, shingles sure. were blown off my roof. Yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, you know, that's you. you Normally get a lot of those, but it, it really wasn't that bad for a post um, s- severe weather day. We
7: saw, um, I didn't yeah. notice it last night. It probably happened in that second wave, but we had like a huge branch down in our backyard. Not oh, like man. a full tree, but it's pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, you saw our front yard, like it was, our street was pretty much flooded. I mean, yeah. we had like a probably a good 15 minute hail storm. I know you said you guys didn't get any hail, but we it started small and got like pretty close to golf ball size a few times. I mean, it Mm -hmm. was pretty significant and I had not seen or heard hail in many years and, probably like a 20 minute storm and then it came back again during the evening when we were watching uh forbidden door but mm-hmm. glad it didn't make for a busy monday for you coming yeah. off our uh, music or, festival Sunday oh yeah night. Or, or saturday nights.
0: So. yeah 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 or knock our power out you know because yeah. i know there were some angry That's, outages that would have sucked that would have really sucked yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn. But yes,
7: we um attended Reset Music Festival this past Saturday in Columbus, Ohio. Got to see well, we got me and Rich saw is that's pronounced L rain. Or excuse yeah. me, Lorraine, not L Rain. Like They're Lorraine pretty, McFly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They were pretty cool, and then Idols, who I really like, was awesome, and then Jamie XX, and the main event of LCD Sound System, but we had a hell of a night and a hell of a group up there in Columbus, so uh, we were all dragging pretty good yesterday, but what a way to cap it off with Forbidden Door, but yeah, just a hell of a weekend, wasn't it?
0: Oh yeah, no, it was a pretty pretty epic week in my second time being in columbus first time in a decade and uh oh yeah, yeah it was not. just um you know like well it, it was tough getting there because we ran into traffic both in louisville and cincinnati yeah you know so it was a bit of it a took us it like
7: 30 plus minutes just to get out of louisville
0: oh yeah yeah and it wasn't a arduous journey by any means but you know it was full of it, its own delays and you know we had to get there and then we had to you know you all together you all left immediately you all pretty just dropped much, yeah uber gone you know drop, uh, drop the dump yeah. in between but yeah Oh, there you go yeah <laughs> teats and i spent a good 30 to 45 minutes you know and then we got there during the middle of idols but uh but no i mean it was nothing sort of a blast i mean you know uh without forecast or any area music festivals this year this you know at least is currently um the only thing that's scheduled that's going to be scratching that what has yeah, become an annual itch for me sure. every summer but it was a good one um, and I keep forgetting that, like, like I kept calling it beforehand. Like, when I was there, I knew it was called the Reset Festival, because it said it on the fucking banner yeah. above the stage. But I kept calling it Kemba Live. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, what's the festival called? Kemba Live.
7: I kept calling it Restart <laughs> ahead restart? of time, or thinking okay. it was Restart before realizing I, it was Reset.
0: I, I, I also was under the impression, and I you think I was wrong, that LCD Sound System curated it. I, I, don't, I don't. I do not. I, I, know I that. think. I think. I, I think. I must be wrong. I think that was something that I just. You might be. I invented, just don't. I don't invented. know. Yeah, but um, but yeah. I mean, it seemed like a pretty good. And I was telling Teach, so I'm like, this is sort of like a micro festival. Yeah. Sort of what I called it. You know, it has I mean, all it the trappings four, of it. It was
7: just four bands. You know, it just, start didn't start till five o'clock. So yeah.
0: And it was just, and it had like the trappings of a festival, like all the food trucks and stuff. And then you know what was it? Rockstar Energy. They had those like swings oh, and yeah. that lounge, which like you see, sponsored like little areas you can go to at festivals. Um, you know, and it was small. It was all in a parking lot. You know, yeah. which like standing on asphalt. Yeah, you know, just one stage. Yeah, it um, got got a little
7: hot out there for sure. Got,
0: got a little hot, but uh, but you know, it was um, you know, like I said, a good micro festival, but enough to scratch that itch. Um, and was a just generally overall a, a good time. Couldn't agree
7: more. And yeah, similarly, like, I feel like I've gone to at least one music festival every summer for the last decade. And, you know, on the way up was talking like, Oh shit, I can't even remember the last concert I've been to period. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No, you know, it's there were a couple last fall. I couldn't really think of any from earlier this year. So yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And yeah, we had probably what, 20 people up there that we all, you know, some yeah. of, between all of us knew each other, you know, different kind of groups coming together so it was just a lovely lovely time but uh yeah a bit of a slog driving the three plus hours back you know not a not a ton of sleep but uh but we made it and uh survived the storm here and uh Watched a uh, pretty damn good, but I don't think quite as good as Forbidden Door 1 show last night. Uh, obviously, um, it had the best match between either show, that's for damn sure, with Omega Osprey too, but uh, mm. we'll get into that uh, after these messages from our friends at Manscaped, I'm pulling up right now. Oh, we're at back
0: to Smooth Sack Summer, huh? Yeah, let's go back to Smooth Sack Summer. Hell yeah. All right, well, do you got it pulled up?
7: Yes, sir. All right. Well, if you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. Whether you're playing in the summer sun or when you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're escaped from pubes to bum. Uh That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming are making sure we have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB. Tell them what's in store for Smooth, sma-
0: <laughs> smooth Sack Summer. Smooth, smooth Smack Boiled Summer features the <laughs> pack, performance package 4.0. It's got everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They have built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming. And their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer within the performance package 4.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their main skin-safe technology. Mm. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 rpm motor, a new multi-function on/off switch, which can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 k LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave.
7: Mm.
0: And did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Beach, lake, shower, ocean, pond, ice water. This razor will devour even the strongest fumes. Could you imagine shaving in a pond? (laughs) Oh yeah, oh god. Or in a swamp. Is it swamp proof?
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: But it's not bog proof, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say that. No, it's swamp proof, but not a not in a bog. Stay out of the bogs, baby. Stay out of the bog. Keep your hog out of the bog.
7: Keep your hog out of the bog.
0: Now they have your perfect haircut. Use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness even at the hottest summer barbecues. More importantly, use the crop preserver ball deodorant to stay cool in the heat with the soothing aloe vera formula. It's the best in the business for below the waist freshness, and this clear drying formula will keep looking good while smelling good. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts. To their performance package. out know, The Mansky Boxers in the Shed travel bag.
7: Love the Shed.
0: Wearing sandals with some nasty toenails during the summer months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, take a look at the Shears 2.0. A luxury cool. nail grooming kit. This kit includes stainless steel nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with Shears 2
7: Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscape.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Your balls will thank you. Yes,
0: they will. Just stay out of the bog. Stay out of the bog. Keep that hog out of that bog.
7: Okay. Shall we open the forbidden door?
0: Yes, let's go. Okay.
7: Aww, Forbidden Door 2 live from the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I did watch the pre show. It was not as good as the pre show last year, but it was still fun and solid for sure. Uh, our girl Billy Starks made her AEW yep. pay per view debut. In a nice effort, losing effort against Athena in the o- uh, Owen Hart Cup, um, but yeah, largely. And you didn't. You only saw the last match, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we don't really need to get into that. But it was a fun little pre-show. Um, but we kick off the main card with Max, Max, Max. Jacob Friedman defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 15 minutes 46 seconds. Um, you know obviously with the two top matches being when we knew danielson okada was going to main event obviously we've got osprey omega just interesting to see mjf in the opener here but it made a lot of sense for many reasons one he didn't even think he should be defending it against tanahashi he clearly didn't want to be there he yeah. had scheduled that tweet for like eight ten that came out while the match was happening that said something along the lines of like, well, if you're reading this, you know I've already beaten the ace's ass or something like that. That's very funny. Um, But all in all, you know, the match was good, not great. You know, Tanahashi's definitely been showing his age a lot this year, which is unfortunate, but it happens. The man has put his body on the line for many, many years and is one of the greatest of all time to do it, but he is He's losing it, unfortunately, but like I said, all things considered, I definitely enjoyed this match, but it, you know, wasn't anything spectacular by any means, but uh, what'd you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think this was, you know, this had all the classic MJF tricks and then all the like camera spots and character work and just, you know. Like the dynamite diamond ring, and the yep. you know the, the the cowardice, Whenever you know he's like someone's getting ready to like perform a big move on him, on the ref
7: got got him to chant coward at him as well. Coward at
0: him, yeah, like pulling the ref in front of him, you know, yep. and things like that. Yeah, it had all that classic stuff. It was sort of like a showcase of like what makes him fun, mm-hmm. um, sort of in place of like stakes. Because yeah. this, this one, you know, despite it being a world title match. Um, you knew not, MJF yeah, was gonna win. Yeah, yeah, it was sure. bereft, was bereft of stakes. And um yeah, you know, and, and I think, you know, the MJF character stuff tried to make up for it and, and and made it fun. But yeah, without the stakes, it was just, you know, but it also makes sense that it kind of comes in this spot on the card. You don't want to kind of sure. get it in there too deep against like really, really good, you know, high quality, high powered wrestling matches. Not to say MJF's not capable of that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, like compared to like you know, Kenny Osprey, and Danielson and Okada, um, you know, like it definitely belonged in this spot, um. But yeah, you know, like I said, it was all right. It was fun, um. But yeah, stakes. Not there. I loved the
7: moment where like Tana was kind of getting fired up at one point to come back, and MJF just gave him the simple eye poke as yeah. well. Like you know, again, those just classic MJF tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah you know the belt was the stakes but like we said we knew the result uh one uh, at JCB just put it we just recorded Phoenix Splash she just said this kind of captured the forbidden door spirit at least like you've got your AEW champ against one of the greatest ever in New Japan obviously on the tail end of his career but yeah it was just a cool match that happened you know, like it wasn't anything spectacular, but I'm glad it happened. I'm glad I watched it, and I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Um, and MJF clearly has business to den to deal with Adam Cole, and I don't know if you know this, but they're doing this. They're calling it a blind eliminator tournament to de- to de- to determine the number one contender for the tag championships, which means they're literally just drawing names for the teams yeah adam cole and mjf are a tag team in this Wow, that's
0: gonna be wild Yeah, so that's pretty
7: cool and i love i love that concept that's something wcw did like in the early 90s they called it battle ball where it would just be random teams mixed together so Mm -hmm. that's the only one they've announced that i'm aware of they could have on collision i didn't see it um but they announced that on dynamite so that'll surely add some spice to this feud as well um Mm -hmm. And a note: I didn't even think about it until the show ended. Adam Cole was actually supposed to wrestle Filthy Tom Lawler. Yeah, yeah. But he got—I think he had the flu or something—and they had to cancel the match. So, right, unfortunate. I'm sure we'll probably still get that match at some point. Sure. But uh, MJF and Cole is, uh, I think, going to be pretty intriguing, especially after how great that first match was all right match two we had cm punk defeat satoshi kojima in 13 minutes 40 seconds again like i said i did not watch collision so i was not aware that the toronto crowd was largely booing him which of course i fucking loved and on the pre-show when they showed the graphic for this match there were boos then so i'm like okay this is tight um yeah, I actually quite enjoyed this match. It was definitely better than I expected. You know, I'm not going to get into all the CM Punk stuff again, but, you know, while I'm not high on him at all right now, I'm at least – will like, I'm not going to not watch the match on a pay-per-view, like I said. So, it was a good match. He embraced the heel, which I love, yep. and I assume was you know, going to keep happening. I kind of hope he turns full heel, Um but, yeah, good good stuff here. I thought Kojima looked great in his comeback. He was fired up, getting the crowd behind him. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was pretty good. What about you?
0: Yeah, you know, I thought, like, the booing and the stuff. Like, this is one sort of match on this card where, like, the story, you know, kind of really kind of overpowered what was going on in the ring. I mean, I know you have the uh, the rivalry between Osprey and Kenny Omega from that, but that's all, like, they're both really good at wrestling. Like, the story for CM Punk is the one that kind of really, like, this is the one real, you know, story sort of driven experience, you know, with the booing of CM Punk and stuff. Um, And that was a lot um, to sort of get me into it in the beginning. But, yeah, you know, I thought it ultimately wound up being, you know, a a pretty decent match just for the second match in the card. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I wasn't surprised with the result. You know, I didn't want him to win either. But, um, But, yeah. I thought it was, you know, like I said, a pretty a pretty decent match where the story and the booing was really what kind of hooked me in and kept me interested, you know. And, you know, what was going on in ring also just kind of, you know, seemed to match that a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was, like I said, pretty pretty solid good second match in the card. For sure. And then there's
7: one thing commentary noted, because this was an Owen Hart Cup match as well, which I'm guessing CM Punk is probably going to win. Um, His next match will be very interesting because he gets the winner of Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe, which he and Joe had an epic rivalry in Ring of Honor back in like 2004 or 5-ish. And then Strong, I'm sure – well, I don't know if he and CM Punk had crossed paths in the past, but that would also be a great match. So I'm excited for whatever that is. But back to my point, um, obviously CM Punk is a big Bret Hart guy. Um, but I did not realize that Kojima had trained in the heart family dungeon that they mentioned on commentary for like two months, like back when his early career was getting started. So they both had some interesting heart parallels that I was unfamiliar with the Kojima side of things. So again, just a cool little nugget there. But, uh, yeah, we shall see uh, what comes next from yeah. old uh, Phil Brooks here, but uh, yeah. this one pulled up, gets I, a nice little check mark for me.
0: Yeah, right? and I pulled up this uh, bracket for the men's own arc. i just looking. I mean, I guess Ricky Starks is on the um, other end of the bracket there too. Could that be? Who yeah. What are know? the? So it's
7: Punk obviously, and then the winner of Strong and Joe. What are the other two matchups on the other side?
0: Dustin Rhodes and Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson. Okay. So
7: I would guess we'd probably get Starks and Hobbs there cuz obviously they've got their history. Yeah. I would say Punk over Ricky in the final, but I could see yeah. Hobbs winning that too, but I'm guessing Punk's going to win this whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. looks like a great tour to Punk Starks or Punk Hobbs final, which both could be pretty good, so. Sure.
7: All right next match international championship four way which orange cassidy gets his 25th title defense defeating daniel garcia katsuyori shibata and zack sabre junior this was fucking tight very fast paced very physical i thought this was the best shibata has looked since his comeback just he just looked he looked fast he looked strong the strikes were amazing he was eating the strikes on the other end he just Looked like he had another gear this go round. Uh, but like I said, all four guys came out looking great. And Orange getting the almost healy pinfall, uh, sneaking in there after Shibata hit Garcia with the PK and rolled him up for the win. But awesome stuff here. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, I think this was the first match in the card that was really exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, the yep. other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, re- just really exciting. You know, and, and with this being a mostly like non singles kind of thing. You know, like this kind of just really sort of ratcheted up the energy that it sort of you know remained at for the most part. Um, But yeah, I mean, Orange—he's a fucking workhorse for just constantly defending that title. Uh, Zach Saber Jr. um, was—you know—all of them were great. You know, Garcia was kind of dumb and he (laughs) doing his dance, dumb and healy. But I mean, that's what he was out there to be. Yeah, Um, he was supposed to be dumb and healy. Um, But yeah, you know, Orange again continues just hanging on to that title. Just always way. Tony Khan fucking loves him, mm-hmm. you know, clearly, you know, like I like, think in the John
7: report uh, fucking recap, he said something like, well, it's nice to be Tony Khan's
0: favorite wrestler. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like but in, in I mean, who's he got a feud right now where, where he would like lose that title to because like the swerve stuff at least is come and gone from the time yeah. being you know they had the tease after the match
7: where they all kind of grabbed the belt and then they all or minus Garcia because he's the only one of these three who's not a champion and then they all three had their own respective belts and kind of had like a stare down at the end so it seems like something between these three Sabre, Shibata, and Orange is still cooking but yeah you're right there's no real other like ready-made feud at the time you know I Mm -hmm. thought again this would be a a pretty good chance he would lose. I kind of thought Zach would win just because he has been getting so much more involved in American wrestling with both ring of honor and now AEW as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still orange here. So uh, certainly not mad about it. That's for sure. Um, But I would guess we'll get maybe a triple threat with these Mm -hmm. three guys. Yeah. You know, Zach and Samoa Joe still kind of have a little simmering feud cooking, which also very much excites me. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but I would guess this is not the end between these three guys.
0: No, no yeah, hopefully not, because I would like to see, you know. Without Garcia, too, I think it would be much more of, like, a serious, you know, wrestling match, because Garcia was just in there for, you know, and not to diminish, you know, how good, how good he is, because he actually is, you know, pretty Yeah, you know, and he did have some great
7: life. fucking moves in here, too. But, yeah, he was definitely hamming up the dance yeah. and uh, the sports entertainment aspect oh, a yeah. more.
0: And that's what he's like in jazz to do. Like he's in exactly. jazz to kind of, you know, improve that more like character work, Mike stuff, you Which know, he so certainly has for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He certainly has, especially in kind of like a awkward, goofy, laugh at you, Healy kind of way. And he's a, uh, you know, he re- he really nailed that. Yep. Yeah. I loved the
7: moment with Shibata and orange facing off and then they both just took a seat and started slapping the hell yep. out of one another. Like they're, relationship has been a very interesting one since last year's forbidden door um and then zach and shibata kind of getting their moment to mix it up they've got plenty of history in new japan um but yeah just a lot to like in this match and it only went 11 plus minutes like it felt longer it it did feel it
0: did feel longer yeah looking at all these times i mean it's the third shortest match here on the card not counting the pre-show yeah so yeah you know Like, definitely, like uh, I said, or I hadn't said it yet. I said
7: it on the Phoenix (laughs) Splash, but all four guys came out looking very strong from this match, and you can't ask for much more than that. But, yeah, like I said, I fucking loved Shibata's performance here, and just, yeah, what a fun match. Yeah. Okay, next, we had the IWGP World Championship in which just five guys, Sonata, defeats Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, In 10 minutes, 49 seconds, let's talk about the match, which, again, was pretty short before the post-match, which definitely kind of stole the show here. Not stole, Mm -hmm. but stole this segment. The the post-match kind of came off more important than the match or more of a big deal than the match, which was kind of unfortunate, but... For the 10 I thought it was good, not great. Had a very mm-hmm. abrupt ending with the moonsault. I yep. wish it would have gotten five more minutes. Like, I think they could have turned this into a four-plus star match if they did. Unfortunately, they didn't. But I thought the work was solid, you know, um, but just didn't really get enough time to to ha- to have a great match. I mean, yes, you can have a good match in 10-plus minutes, but... They didn't, you know, but it was solid. I still enjoyed it, but I wished it would have been better. What about you?
0: Yeah, you know, I think this kind of was something that was sort of lost in the shuffle as, you know, the show began to really escalate. You know, this was something that, you know, again, was just sort of a solid match. But, um, I don't know, Jungle Boy really needs, as a character, just somewhere to go. And then the obvious end of this match is a good direction or is something that's a little bit more interesting. But, yeah, you know, it was it was solid, but kind of sandwiched between sort of everything, you know, as, as things are about to take off here later in the card, you know, a little like more, one of the more forgettable ones, I would say. Oh, for sure. You know, like I yeah. said,
7: everyone's just going to remember the jungle boy heel term, then the match, yeah. which, mm-hmm. you know, when the match was announced did catch some criticism because you know, it's not really a sexy matchup by any means, you know, Sonata, Has been good with that belt, but shockingly won it over Okada. And he's not, you know, he's not one of New Japan's top, top guys by any means. But, um, you know, they're both kind of on the same level in their respective Mm -hmm. companies, other than the fact that Sonata is champion. But, you know, it took him a while to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I was expecting more out of this for sure. But, again, I'm not upset about it. but let's talk about the heel turn. You know, I think this is something a lot of people had seen coming and had kind of been, you know, reported on for a little while that, you know, this may be coming now that, you know, he's been solo now changing pretty much to just Jack Perry. Like, you know, they've kind of started phasing out the jungle boy portion of his character. Um. But I'm excited about this. I mean, he's been a white meat baby face from day one in the company. He's a hell of a wrestler. You know, his promos, definitely the weakest part of his game, but it's a lot easier to be a heel than a face. So, you know, I'm just excited for this fresh coat of paint. And Mm -hmm. even more excited that uh, you had said many, many months ago about them taking the kid gloves off a hook. Yeah. Well, it's finally happened here. I mean, he had that feud with Ethan Page which is yeah. probably the most like serious shitty done. But even that, like, you know, I think it was Rampage. I know I only watched one of the two matches, but like this feels like, okay, this is Hook's first real legitimate feud and legitimate match coming up, which is exciting. So uh, what are your thoughts on the whole situation here?
0: Yeah, I mean, it has been a long time coming for both of these guys. Both of these guys really need this fresh direction. I'm really honestly curious, because, yeah, the Jungle Boy hook match is going to be good, but, like, imagine, like, it's going to be interesting seeing that um, Tarzan boy song pop on and maybe people boo. You know, Yeah, well, I wonder if he'll even keep
7: the song, you know, because, like I said, they've already kind of phased out the Jungle Boy, and even if you recall, after he turned, he kind of, like, did a joking, like, where he was mocking the crowd for doing, like, the waving thing, so... Yeah. I I would think he is going to move on, but that is a good point that if he does keep this song, I assume he is some going interesting, to be
0: able It'll be some interesting dissonance, you know. Like yeah. maybe he tries coming out one time with it, everyone boos him and then he changes it. Yeah. Um, another thing you gotta wonder is like who's gonna like cause this a heel, you know he's gonna like sync up with somebody. Yeah. You know? and is it is it gonna be like Christian and them again? You know, is he gonna kinda like I go back not. and be like I a hope friend of the not dark them. side? Yeah.
7: I hope not. I I kind of, I want him to go his own way and forge mm-hmm. his own path, and that to me would just be going
4: yes, it'd all be
7: heels, but yeah, it's just going back to who you've already been with. So yeah. you're but, right. But I is- do kind of see him eventually. You know, maybe I don't know if it's a it'll be a full fledged faction or just kind of slowly, you know, aligning with someone. Off the top of my head, I don't really have any guesses yeah, right well, now. I,
0: I think he's too high up for like Stokely Hathaway or um, Smart Mark Sterling or anything like that. Yeah. You know, like that would be a step down. Like what if it's um, Blackpool Combat Club?
7: That, that could be interesting for sure. Yeah, I, I don't mean... know. Like,
0: like he, he doesn't fit that bill at all. But yeah. like, boy, would that be fun to see like Mox just try to like toughen him up
7: yeah you know, it would. yeah, they, they, yeah.
0: I, I don't see that happening yet
7: yeah. I, I mean it probably won't happen but i do i love the thought it's certainly an interesting yeah. idea but with them likely heading toward a blood and guts against the elite and maybe abushi who knows um yeah. you know i think there's just that feud is still just cooking too much that I don't see that happening, but who knows? Maybe sometime yeah. down the line. But, yeah, you're right. I do – whether it's a manager, another wrestler, like you'd like to think he'll probably be in cahoots with someone, you know, maybe yeah. not right away. Is it, everyone else is committed. Kind of
0: you're right. Like like Dan Callis is already committed, you know. Um, you know He's committed to, um, to um, Yeah, it's hard to really think of anyone. And I do think like him going to like Stokely Hathaway or people like that would be like, I think I got step. one. Who?
7: He's not in the company. Who? What about old uh, sinister Jim Mitchell? Oh, that'd be so sick. would
0: <laughs> be so sick. If you want
7: to unlock the sinister side of Jack Perry, bring yeah. in the fucking
0: minister, baby. Oh, that, that would be great if he started getting like a devil motif or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, because certainly I, I can something see to keep out our more.
7: eyes on here. Like, you yeah. know, where what does this new Jungle Boy character look like? I said, I don't expect him to align with anyone right out of the gate here. And maybe not even for the Hook feud, or maybe as this feud progresses, that's when he kind of finds someone. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be intriguing. And then Hook, too, on the other side, We because remember, we had Taz... Obviously, mm-hmm. as a father, getting pissed off and talking shit about Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. So, does Taz then maybe like act more actively like manage Hook now? Uh-huh. Um, because I feel like Taz is probably going to be a part of this now because he was so strong with his comments and he left the broadcast booth yeah. for the rest of the night. So, yeah, and Taz is a hell of a promo man himself. Obviously, Hook hasn't talked a ton. So, just now thinking of it, if you have Hook and Taz, it would make sense for Jungle Boy to have someone with him. But yeah, yeah. we shall see. Okay. Next is the 10 man tag in which the elite team of Hangman, then the Young Bucks, along with Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. Defeated the Blackpool Combat Club team of Claudio, Moxley, wheeler Yuta, Kanosuke, Takeshita, and Shota Umino in 21 minutes, 29 seconds. And God damn, this was uh, your classic... Fast-paced, high-flying fucking spot fest, but it did have an interesting story thread running through with the whole Kingston and Moxley, Mm -hmm. you know, partnership, friendship, whatever you want to call it, but now on opposite sides, mutual respect. You know, they had their stare down before the match. They obviously were slapping the shit out of each other throughout the match, and then the big moment with kind of Kingston taking the bullet for Mox and getting the double super kicks from the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Takeshita-Ishii interactions were something to behold. I mean, Takeshita fucking knocked his ass out. That was so awesome. And hopefully we can get a singles match between those two at some point because that would be incredible. Um, But, yeah, I love this match. I mean, it was so many awesome guys, you know, adding the Mm -hmm. elements of Ishii and Kingston and then Takeshita and Shota on the other side which Shota was with Claudio and Mox recently in New Japan. So he's kind of like an honorary BCC because Mox was his mentor the whole time anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, this was just beautiful, glorious fuck fest here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, like interesting mix here, too, because you have like the Bucks and high flying stuff. Then you have Mox, who's just, you know, kind of more beat him up. Claudio and then Ishii, the bowling ball yeah um, Yeah. this was just a like you said a spot fest but just an interesting mix of styles you know because because mm-hmm. when you thought of you think of like big stable clashes in aew you have like the elite versus like the death triangle that's like real high flying flippy stuff and this just had just kind of a whole lot and it was it was exciting and it was it was chaotic and and yeah you know like a, this, this you know Really, like, took what was really good, you know, in the Orange-Zack Sabre Jr., Shibata-Garcia match and just amped it up and just added much more variety. Absolutely.
7: Yeah, just, you know, everyone played their parts here for sure. And Mm -hmm. like I said, Kingston, you know, he's obviously got his beef with Claudio and he was going after him multiple times. And I foresee, you know, they had their incredible match for the ROH title back in April, I was thinking last night, like, man, Kingston has got to get a rematch and got to win that. I just Mm -hmm. think that just makes too much sense. So that's something to be maybe looking forward to. Uh, Like I said, hopefully maybe some more Ishii Takeshita, but Takeshita in general, man. And I know Teets was definitely a big fan of him. Like, he just stands out, not only just with his presence, because he's a big fucking guy and a great Mm -hmm. athlete, but... He just hits so hard and just everything he does has such force, force and such
0: power. Yeah. And he's, he's just, just a incredible big, to watch just and just a big person, you know. Yeah.
7: Like, and yeah, just, just, you know, I've said, I've been saying it for years when I kind of discovered him in 2019 in DDT. And when he came over, I'm like, just wait, you motherfuckers. This guy is the real deal. And, I think he's been booked amazingly, you know, especially now that he's, like, full-time over here. Like, the first run-through was just, like, a few months, and then he went back and came back. So, yeah, I mean, this was definitely one of many star-making performances for him. And I'm sure – I I think I said it last night. I'm like, I bet this guy's going to be AEW world champ in the next couple years. I just – I know they're high on him, as they should be. And, I mean, Maybe. he's just backed it up every single time he goes out there. And, and they,
0: right? And they put him you, with Callis Oh no, yeah, exactly, they put him with Callis yeah. You know, like he's definitely you know. positioned to, to to take that rise and and yeah. No, I think he's you know just just looks the part, and then he wrestles mm-hmm. like the part, and he's just as, you know. And like I guess he's not B. Is he BCC? Is he officially? I think he's BCC more like BCC
7: like, adjacent. You a Jason, know, I don't think okay. he's like an official member, but we'll see. You know, kind of how things evolve because you know it's still very new.
0: But he kind of also like ha- has that sort of like that style to it, you know, that hard hitting mm-hmm. kind of BCC style. Oh, you absolutely. know, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so and I'd I don't said know, before like definitely- as
7: well, like he's he got he he's wrestled Mox, he's wrestled Danielson. I think he yeah he wrestled Claudio last year. So you know, part of like that the trial to get in like for Wheeler was like you have to fight all of us and take a fucking beating from us. So he kind of already did that with all these guys before. So it wouldn't surprise me if they made him an official member, but it has not been done yet. Right. But I do think ultimately his future is as a top baby face though. Yeah. Oh, sure. His, yeah, his in-ring really style. Well, is it? he's so fucking good either way, but like the crowds can get behind this guy as they did every match, you know, when he was first coming around. so. Mm-hmm. Big big things ahead for yeah. you know, Gate to but yeah, yeah, this was awesome, and you know this feud ain't over yet. I don't think so. I still think Abushi potentially looms. You know, if we are looking at a Blood and Guts, which I think they at least announced the date sometime like mid July. Is that, is that when know, Blood and Guts is going to be between this between I, this and and all in? Yeah. So and it's usually, it's always on a dynamite. So gotcha. Um, but again, it just it seems to make too much sense although now with Danielson in the broken arm Mm -hmm. he's not going to be there so that they could maybe just go the four on four yeah I mean they could maybe bring Shota Umano back but I didn't even think about that kind of wrinkle now because he he's out like six to eight weeks so he's definitely not going to be back for blood and guts but again it seemed like we had our five on five with the Bushi being the fifth but uh, he ain't here yet, and who knows if that's going to happen. But uh, again, I don't think this feud is over by any means yet, though. Fucking Ross up there barking, what a dick. Is
0: that was that that? I didn't know if that was like a bleep loop on my computer. Could you roster. hear? Yeah, he, I'm in yeah, the basement. No, he's upstairs. Yeah, 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 I can hear. I can hear it just slightly. It almost sounds like a like a digital beep. <laughs> he needs to be a robot, that idiot. Yeah, he's got ham tits.
7: All right, up next. Uh, <laughs> AEW Women's World Championship: Tony Storm defeats Willow Nightingale in ten twenty-seven. Uh, you know, I thought this match was good. You know, it's kind of a tough spot following that crazy match and being right before Omega Osprey. You know, but thought the work was pretty good. Um, you know, Willow is definitely someone I enjoy every time she's out. She gets the crowd going. Her songs fun. Um, you know i thought they had pretty solid chemistry together but again it only got 10 minutes some kind of fuckery involved from the outcasts on the outside but you know i the it was tony and thunder rosa last year at forbidden door kind oh. of in the same spot like kind of mm-hmm. right in the middle i think yeah. it followed a big match got about the same amount of time so i, I think it about met my expectations which was you know it's I'm not really excited about it because there's really no build, but I think it'll be a good match, and it was, but, like, you know, nothing spectacular. But, you know, yeah. it was fun.
0: Yeah, like I said, it was pretty pretty decent. You know, it kind of fell in that same sort of area with the Jungle Boy Sonata match, but without, yeah. like, the, the post-match drama. You know, just looking at the Wikipedia here, they were both around – that. this was 10.30, that was 10.45. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, kind of in that same position. But it was decent enough, you know, to, you know, not – drop the ball at this point in the show
7: yeah and the bigger news
0: which commentary had mentioned and we didn't really talk about
7: last night is that julia who is by far my favorite wrestler in stardom um has challenged willow for the new japan strong openweight championship and willow has accepted so that's fucking awesome i think the match will be in japan um, and I expect Julia to win. You know, kind of unfortunate for Willow, but she wasn't supposed to win that belt anyway. She only won because Mercedes Monet, mm-hmm. Sasha Banks, got hurt in the match. So they had to make the call. But I think all, it was always going to be Mercedes and Julia. Um, this match has been clamored for for a long time, and Mercedes is still hurt. But I have a feeling Julia wins and it'll ultimately set that up. But I'm very, very excited about that, and we will see. I, you know, I don't know if it'll happen on AEW programming. Probably not, um, but uh, something to keep our eyes out for. Because uh, I know the Julia Willow, I think, is actually on a New Japan show. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Willow, you know, she's she's got a bright future ahead of her for sure. Okay, now it's time. For by far the best match of the night and one of the two best matches of the year, tied with the same two fellows from January 4th. And Will Ospreay defeats Kenneth Omega in 39 minutes, 50 seconds to win back the IWGP United States Championship. Fuck. (laughs) This was another all-timer here. Between these two, um, I'll let you kind of take the lead here on this. Oh yeah, uh, what do you what do you got to say?
0: Well, this one was just a lot more brutal than the first one. You know, this one, I mean, they just you know bled really, really quickly, and it kind of got into that just sort of sort of mode where you know it was just out of the ring spots and it was just, you know, it had, it had a brutality that the first one was missing. The first one was a lot more like well, more like exciting and high flying. What the good secret sauce of this one is, was just those near falls at, at the very end. And oh. just kind of, you know, whenever, whenever we kind of got to that point with the interference, and then you thinking that the screwdriver was going to kind of end things and mm-hmm. didn't, you know, mm-hmm. Kenny kicking out of the one wing and angel at one just had some really just energizing, crowd moments that made the end of the match you know after you know something that was just really brutal and bloody something that was more high flying and exciting it was almost like kenny had blood like all over his chest at one point yeah and then at that point it was gone yeah yeah yeah. so yeah it was just you know it got that real, real bloody and brutal really fast but then just had a just a real just exciting finish i thought
7: Absolutely. Well, the
0: first one, it did
7: have its brutality, but it was all just Osprey on Omega. like right. or Excuse me, Omega on Osprey. My apologies. Yeah. This one, it went both ways, both guys bleeding. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned it like the first half of this match was like the complete inverse of the first match with Osprey dominating on top. Him mm-hmm. putting Kenny's face, not through a table, but hard as fuck onto that table. Like that was a brutal hit. And then he shoved him into that, like, the cover of the announce table yeah. on the ground. But, yeah, that got that's what got Kenny busted open. But then Will got busted open on, on the, the stairs, he yeah. was fucking
0: gushing for oh, a yeah. while
7: there. Yeah, like you said, blood. Like, I've never seen someone's torso covered in so much blood of someone else.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, like, what was the move Kenny did to him while they were standing on the stairs when they were turned on their side? Oh, I think he just thing? hit him with a DDT, DDT like just face a simple first, DDT. right into the steps. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. When when that wound was still fresh, too, like yeah. kind of at that point, I was just like, "Yep, damn." Well, yeah, we had Callus with. Oh, and that, was all in the, that was on That was on like the first third of the match, too.
7: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Callus obviously initially coming down with his uh, SWAT team of sorts gets chucked, ends up coming back without any repercussion, really, which I was like, what the fuck? Like, this normally doesn't happen. And then, yeah, the screwdriver, and I was kind of pissed off at that point. And I'm like, well, that's it. You know, no one ever kicks out of the Stormbreaker. And then, you know, I just didn't even think that he was – that his, you know, his foot wasn't really that close to the ropes, but yeah. clearly close enough to stretch. Right. But well, was-
0: and it wasn't like he was laying down on his back. He was down on, like, his stomach, wasn't it? Yeah. So, the, so his foot was like – his leg was, like, going up backwards instead of a – yeah. the normal way yeah so yeah, yeah. So, like in mis- that yeah. moment
7: as you know because you were sitting right next to me i thought that was it and yep, i certainly popped big time when it was not and then i think right after that came the kamagoye which is a Bushi's move basically when he grabbed his arms and knee him in the face and then it was the one winged angel kick out at one yeah that was just something else i mean that like you said, those sequ- at sequence down the stretch there with Kenny fighting back was just incredible. You know, so many insane V-triggers he hit and just throughout the and, match. And the it, first
0: V-trigger was the Osprey V-trigger. That's too, correct. That, yes, off. that yes. is correct.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the counters again between these two. I mean, just magnificent. I mean, it's harder to have. I mean, I, there's three pairs of wrestlers that have this level of chemistry and it's omega and osprey it's omega and okada and it's osprey and shingo i mean i think i've never seen such high level matches with such consistency because all these guys have done it multiple times now with these two going for a second it's just it's breathtaking it's it's true art it's beautiful it's bloody it's Mm -hmm. it's just every emotion possible bottled up into one and uh I can't wait to rewatch it. You know, like, mm. I feel like most people have been saying they like this one better after really? you know after thinking about it more. Like, I'm I'm pretty split. I think this one maybe like with the ending was better and kind of more exciting with the near falls, but the first one just you know it's hard to top an original. But I don't know. I need more time with it. I need. I'm sure I'll watch them again, but. And- they're both two of the best yeah. matches I've ever seen in my life, period. Do you
0: think this is the best AEW match ever?
7: Yes, I do. do? Um, yeah. I would still put the uh, the Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman. That's right up there as well. That's my uh-huh. But But I would say that one might be my more favorite for uh-huh. the circumstances, which you are aware of. But um, this match is better.
0: For sure, yeah.
7: I would say, but I think I like that other one more. But I would say this is a better.
0: Match. Yeah, this is this is the best one. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just it had, it had you know everything in it. You know, it was yeah. it was high it was high flying. It was bloody. It was exciting at the end and told a really good story. I thought, especially yep. kind of with Kenny having to fight back there at the end, especially with you know the crowd being very much in favor of him in his home country. Yeah, um, what do you think the um, number three is going to be you think it's going to yeah. be all in or all out? i i do
7: think it'll be all in but i'm not like positive I, yeah. I said this to jcb earlier i think kenny is going to have one of three matches at all in because you know that's matt this card has to be huge you know yeah. you got fucking seventy thousand people or whatever it'll either be omega osprey omega okada or omega punk yeah. I think Omega Punk is by far the least likely scenario, but yeah. I think it's at least possible. Yeah. Omega, they thought... go- they've no. never fought, have they? No. Yeah. Omega caught got It's got to happen at some point again. And I think, you know, this is a big enough show to do it. So that could be possible. But I just feel like Strike While the Iron's Hot, you know, it's mm-hmm. Osprey's home country this time. So it would make sense to do it there. Um, so that's when I think you know it could be Wrestle Kingdom, but I for- I I foresee Osprey winning the G one, so he would be in the title picture. But again, who knows if that's going to happen? So I think all in, but I would say it's going to happen sometime this year or. Re- Castle Kingdom, which is January 4th of next year at the latest. But
0: uh, yeah, and like, can't fucking wait. (laughs) And get like, you know, Osprey on like Dynamite Collision and build the shit out of this, you know, like you said, strike while the iron's hot, you know. And I think, you know, you just had what could easily have been, you know, your, 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 the best match in the history of your company. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and you're having your biggest show, you know, since the one that founded your company. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, might as well throw everything but the kitchen sink.
7: And yeah, from an AEW perspective, which this is a full AEW show and not a joint show like this is a like this is a bigger deal than Omega Okada would be because, yes, while that's still a massive match, all of that has happened in New Japan. So while the first chapter of this happened in New Japan now, I mean, this is. Forbidden Door is an AEW show, but it is a joint show. But uh-huh. now they've got their AEW history. Osprey was on a lot more building, you know, to the first match. So yeah, I I would like to see him more on Dynamite as well to kind of give it a fuller build if they do do it at all in. But yeah, it's going to be pretty tight. But yeah, definitely the two matches of the year, and it's not even close. Like I said, two. <laughs> Probably two of the best 15 matches ever, in my opinion. So, uh, kudos to these guys. And I did see that Osprey, like, on Twitter after, actually was, like, giving Omega a ton of props, like, legitimately. Yeah. Um, Because in the lead-up to the first match, it was all shit talk. You know, obviously, they knew what they were doing. But this was, like, the first time, I think, that he's shown, like, true respect and love to Kenny, which, obviously, we know they had it like they're just fucking telling a story here. So that was cool as well and uh yeah, I can't fucking wait for the third.
0: Yeah. I concur.
7: Okay. Well, do, do you have a preference between this one and the first one?
0: Oh, Osprey and Omega? Yeah. I picked this one. This one just kind of had more as a m- more casual fan, like things yeah, that like got, that sure. really sort of grabbed my attention, you know, just kind of the bloodiness. The it was up uh, you know the 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 out of the ring spots and stuff like that. Um, you know, there was just a little bit more obvious story going mm-hmm. on within the ring that that I latched onto. So and so I think that, for that's me, why I take it. Yeah,
7: the like why I love the first one. And again, I'm not going to say more, but like that was first Kenny's first match back in New Japan after four years. And going as a heel as well was very interesting. So, like, that's the shit that drew me in so much more about that one, too. But, like I said, they're 1A and 1B, if anything, compared to each other. They're both scale breakers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, like, I don't go beyond five. I'll just say this is a fucking scale breaker. I think Meltzer maybe gave the first one six stars. Has he I, ever given seven six stars? Or six, six and stars? a quarter. yeah. yeah. And Omega caught a four, got seven, which uh, is the highest. But I assume that I, one may have gotten six and a quarter, and I bet this will get something in that range again, which yeah. is nonsense. But uh, it's a fucking scale breaker, and yeah, thank you, Kenny and Will. You guys are great. Yeah. Okay. Like they
0: Both have good respect for each other too. Yeah. Which like, which makes me just want to see the third one that much more, for sure. Mm-hmm. And this match was in a
7: tough spot here, but. Uh, the team of Darby Allen, Stig and Tetsuya Naito defeated Minoru Suzuki and Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in 15 minutes, and nine seconds. Fun match, you know. Nothing wasn't great by any means. Like I said, yeah. this was definitely a probably a cigarette break for a lot of people after oh, that last sure. one. Yeah. Piss break, you know, whatever. Like I need a breath. Um, but the fucking Sammy six thirty. Threw the table onto Sting was amazing. I think oh. Sting, like, actually got a little hurt
0: from that. Yeah, same, um, Sting seemed kind of cashed at his. Yeah, point. Sting like, was I've, pretty
7: cashed. And that's what JCB and ours say. It's like, I feel like he's got to retire this.
0: Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. He He definitely looked just a step behind. And for him being involved in the match so much, I think that was a weak point of it. I agree. You know, like I think there was a little bit too much. Give us more Nito. And yeah, yeah, I feel like Darby. Is, yeah. Darby didn't really say. do mo- too much. I feel no, like. no, he didn't. Yeah. Especially compared to like Sammy, his like equal in this match or his yeah. peer, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh I actually think that's a good term. So there's no lack. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, um, you know, but yeah, I think the 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 big thing that hampered this or that just kind of brought it down again was just sort of centering Sting so much and having him being involved throughout it in the big spots and in the finish and it's you know like
7: it eh. was definitely
0: built around
7: the he and Jericho face off which yeah you know and has- don't put
0: him in a singles match you know or anything like that like like that would be asinine yeah know. I think
7: in the press conference they announced that. Sting and Darby will be fighting Jericho and um, Sammy on Dynamite. It wouldn't shock me if they maybe did a Sting versus Jericho just because it's never happened with some sort of stipulation. Like Sting
0: has to retire
7: or something? Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be that upset about it, but like, let's get this guy out of here sooner than later. And I, I said this on PSP earlier too, and we've talked about it on this show a lot. Like When Sting got signed... You know, we weren't super excited. We weren't sure if we wanted to see him wrestle. Is he just going to do cinematic matches? But he has shattered any and all expectations since coming in the door and put on some pretty damn good matches for a, a 62 year or a 63 year or I mm-hmm. think he's probably 64 now. He's
0: not not yet a senior citizen, so whenever <laughs> he gets that Medicaid, yeah, run, stay run. You know,
7: point is. He has been amazing in AEW beyond, I would think, anyone's expectations. However, it's time to hang him up, bud. Let's yeah. give you a little retirement tour, you know, but, uh, I think I think we're ready to move on. But yeah, also like I said, kudos to him though, because oh, yeah. he's done a hell of a fucking job these past few years.
0: And and also from the Derby standpoint, they've been together since winter is coming, since December twenty twenty. I was taking yeah. my 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 insurance licensing exam at that point. Yeah, that's wild. You know, yeah. So it's like, damn, yeah, it's about it's getting to be close and to time, you know. Like for, Jungle for, for, Boy, for,
7: time for him to go his own way as well, you know.
0: Yeah, I so think I think so. so. I think a break would be good for good for Darby's character as well.
7: Yeah, I feel like not too much else to say about the match. It was yeah. definitely in like a popcorn position, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun stuff. All the all things considered. So, main event: Brian Danielson taps out Kazuchika Okada in twenty-seven minutes it's 47 seconds. Also breaks his arm. I don't know how that happened. I didn't catch that in the match, but obviously yeah. at a point the commentary was talking about it and like when he was putting on those submissions at the end, I mean he was doing it with one arm. So you could tell something was up. Yeah, his
0: arm was like, you know, like at the point where it was hard yeah. to use it.
7: Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um I watched Being the Elite today, which was had some footage for it was like a pre-show like the bucks and okada in the back kind of fucking around and nick jackson said something about like well you're gonna be going close to an hour tonight i don't know if he was just kind of fucking around or if maybe this match did get cut short you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it probably did to some degree Uh um because again we saw danielson's arm there and it seemed like obviously they were building this like a pretty epic style you know kind of taking their time to get there um i think they had more left in the tank for sure however all things considered i still thought this was a really good match i'm going four and a half stars on it so like yeah don't get me wrong i was expecting five stars just between these two guys, knowing how good they are.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not
7: gonna, this was still a very, very, very good match. Don't get me wrong. But yes, it did fall a little short of expectations. And maybe that is solely because of the injury, and maybe they would have gotten there had that not happened. Um, but slight, I don't even wanna say disappointed because I'm not really disappointed. I still really, really enjoyed it. And it's tough to follow fucking Osprey versus Omega, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess I was just expecting a little more out of this match. However, they still had great chemistry, worked well together, some great moments in this match. Um, but, yeah, what would you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought this was, you know, definitely, like, compare it, like, it, for it being sort of a double headliner with that, you know, definitely, um, you know, step down at least for me in terms of excitement. This is, you know, your classic grippy, rolly sort of submission thing. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you know, I thought the ending was a little – Abrupt. I was surprised they had Okada tap out, you know? Yeah, it hadn't happened the, since
7: 2015.
0: Wow. So, yeah, yeah they probably weren't the originally going that direction.
7: Of, they, it was yeah. tapped out the Nakamura in the block final of a G1 2015. Wow. But I think, like, within the scope of the match, I think it made sense, though, because mm-hmm. obviously it was always going to be Danielson's technique against the power and speed and just strength of Okada and, like, yeah he got beat you know and i mean just how that happened he had both of his arms were behind his back getting fucking stretched out like he had no other choice but yes from like a booking standpoint yeah again it leaves it open for another match which i think will probably happen especially given danielson's injury um but yeah definitely very very surprising for sure like on our group texts like me azar and jcb were all just like wow what the fuck i'm stunned type of deal so for that sense i loved it too because i didn't expect it at all mm-hmm. um i don't even, it didn't and it wasn't even flat to me it was just like whoa holy oh, shit yeah. i did yeah. not see that coming but then mm-hmm. again as i thought about it i'm like well kind of makes sense
0: because yeah, he was just wearing him down throughout the yeah, whole thing yeah
7: yeah so Again, the Danielson injury, very unfortunate, but the match was still pretty damn good, and um, you know, I I don't know how soon the rematch would happen, especially now with Danielson's injury.
0: Yeah, because a broken arm usually takes like six weeks. Six to eight weeks, which would put it
7: like right at all in, not saying they would do that at all in, but... Before all this, I kind of thought they would be doing Danielson, Zach Sabre Jr. at all in, because if uh-huh. you recall, that was supposed to be the match at Forbidden Door last year when Danielson got hurt and Claudio took his spot against Zach. And again, in England, Zach's home country, I kind of had that pegged. But if Daniel – I don't think he'll be back for that. Yeah. I mean, they say there's a chance, but – anyway danielson okada could maybe be a wrestle kingdom match next year but i would guess that the second one in this installment probably won't happen this year would be my yeah but yeah i think it's uh, going to happen again and danielson at some point he's going to wrestle in japan because he hasn't done that yet so i think danielson okada in japan could be something as well yeah
0: that would be a big thing and what would that be and would that just be like a in a G one or Wrestle Kingdom or well, it or could be Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. It could yeah. definitely be Wrestle because G- that, that's January, right?
7: Yeah, Okada's yeah. won the last two G ones, so I don't he's I don't see him doing it again. So he likely won't be in the title picture come Wrestle Kingdom, which is rare for him. So mm. I could definitely see that happen.
0: Yeah, no, that makes but, sense. Uh,
7: but yeah, overall, really good show, I thought. Um, you know, obviously carried by uh, I would let's call it the top three matches: Omega Osprey, Okada, Danielson, and the Ten Man. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally, and granted, I am a little biased. Mm -hmm. I personally thought Forbidden Door One was a little better and more of a complete show and had less misses, if you will.
0: Yeah, this was kind of this kind of alternated a lot. This kind of had matches that were kind of mad, and then they had ones that are good for sure. Kind of, it kind of went back and forth, and it didn't have that kind of consecutive. Kind of thing. It did build up, but yeah, it always just kind of had lulls. You yeah, know. let's
7: throw the two women's matches out from each show, but MJF Tanahashi, Sonata Jungle Boy, and then that six man with Naito and Jericho. Mm-hmm. I think those three matches are worse than anything on Forbidden Door one. Yeah. So like I think from a match quality standpoint, overall, one mm-hmm. was better. Granted, like I said, this definitely had the best match of both shows. For me personally, the Shibata-Orange-Cassidy moment at number one was a huge moment for me. And, mm-hmm. of course, just being a part of that crowd, you know, was much different than sitting on the couch for sure. Yeah. But, oh,
0: exactly, yeah.
7: And given that number one was the first and despite, you know, all the injuries and uncertainty mm-hmm. leading in, like, they, everyone on that card clearly had a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. Not that they didn't last night. But it just had more of an urgency, I think, last year. Right. And I made this point to JCB. Like last year, they opened the pre-show with Q your boy, yeah. QT, and he got Aaron Solo against Bishamon. And yeah, booed the fuck out of him. And like I truly feel that like set the tone for the night. And the crowd was just fucking dialed in from moment one. And like, I watched the whole pre-show last night and it was good, but the crowd just wasn't as into it, you know, and it's pre-show. I don't expect Mm -hmm. them to be, but it just got everyone in the United Center last year, just focused and ready. And yeah, it was a fucking hot crowd last night for sure. But, and again, I will admit my bias. I was there, but it just felt like a a more consistently hot crowd last Mm. year. Yeah. Um, But again, both shows are excellent. But I had Forbidden Door last year as my show of the year. And I would say this year's installment is at best right now, like the fourth or fifth best show of this year, in yeah. my opinion. So um, what about you? Do you, do you, do you yeah, I, I,
0: I was talking to Diesel beforehand whenever we were um, recording. Um, but uh, it was, um, you know, I think this is definitely better than Double or Nothing. Oh, probably yeah. better than Revolution. You know, yeah, I'd say pretty
7: uh, close But yeah. yeah, probably better than Revolution Yeah,
0: and then I think, you know, I'm trying to think of any sort of WWE thing we've seen I mean, Night 1 of Wrestlemania was really good
7: um, Yeah My show, my top two are It's New Japan, Sakura Genesis And Stardom, All-Star yeah. Dream Queendom mm. WrestleMania Night 1 up there Wrestle yeah. Kingdom up there Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor up there And then this would be somewhere in that mix Somewhere with in that those mix as yeah. well But Sakura Genesis, All-Star Grand Queendom are the top two. And then between those, like, four shows I mentioned are kind of in that mix. So, um, but, yeah, still a hell of a show for sure. Um, But, yeah, like you said, kind of just more lulls and, like, kind of, all right, this match was great. This one was just okay. All right, another great one. Eh, This one was okay. Whereas last year was just boom, 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 like other than the women's match, which, again, was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I had, like – other than the women's match, I think I had everything at four stars or more. Other than maybe one match last mm-hmm. year. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, great shit for sure. Yeah. Um. Anything else before we get out of here? We got this done pretty swiftly.
0: No, not not in particular. I mean, it was a, you know, like I said, it like it definitely had like high. The show definitely had high points, but it kind of, you know, alternated. It kind of, um, you know. Head sort of just lulls in between, but yeah, the high points, I think we're, we're soaring.
7: Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh,
0: we will be, I'm sure reviewing money in the bank next
7: time. Not exactly sure when that'll be probably sometime like mid next week. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'll probably have it watched by Monday and, uh, Maybe we can record Monday night since I'm off. So uh, we shall see. But, yeah, that'll be coming at you next. Uh, obviously, yep. this is the third installment of Vince in the Machine, and uh, the fourth will be coming probably two weeks from now, I would
0: guess. I would say so, you know? yeah.
7: So, uh, yeah, all right. Yep. Well, this has been fun. What a weekend. Back to work for me tomorrow. And yep. uh, we'll uh, – <coughs> Oh, we'll see you when we see her. I guess we won't see you But you'll hear us when we'll hear you hear us.
0: us Yeah, and when you hit play You ready? Let's do it
7: Welcome to the Brain Buster, boys. This is a special episode. My name is Brett Jagger, along with my good friend, Beaumont Rand. Howdy. Woo. Yeah, this is uh, out of the norm here, out of our wheelhouse, but I think after last night's Monday Night Raw, it's pretty warranted. Uh, wouldn't yeah. you say so, Beau? Yeah, I mean, it does have the internet abuzz. Yes, it does. Sure. Let's sure. just get right into it, because we know you all saw it. Last night's Raw had set the WWE universe and the wrestling world abuzz, as Bo it's, just said. Uh, what are your thoughts on what transpired during that third hour on Raw last night? Yeah,
0: well, I'd have to say that, you know, it was anything less than bumbling, yes. you know, it must be, because um, literally no one was expecting Omos no. to squash Ricochet, let alone dress like a, a bumble bumblebee, bee. A bumblebee. we'll get that out there, um, you know, which, would, which would be something that you would think fans would, you know, absolutely revile with, you know. It's very Vince thing, you know, like, like what you would say, you know, I mean, oh. especially after the leadership change, now yeah. that we've gone from Vince to Triple H, thought we were past that, you know, convention, conventional wisdom would say that, you know, someone like Omos with his limitations, you know, wouldn't be in this position ever.
7: Yeah, I mean, you're right. This has got to be, this is a Vince idea, through right. and through, no right. doubt about yeah, it.
0: Yeah, and you think it would completely bomb, right? Yep. But ratings during the third um, hour of Raw, which I'm pulling up here, just kept, spiking. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yo, know, so once Omas walked down that ramp, dressed like a bumblebee, <laughs> word on social media spread like a swarm, you know. It was a hive mind, buddy. Oh, hive yes, mind. yes. Yeah, people were just blown away at what they were seeing. They were they were stung um, by the um by the crazy booking. Uh, even now, no one knows what to make of
2: it.
7: Yeah,
0: yeah man. It's one of those moments where, uh, ra-
7: wrestling just transcends sport and becomes the spectacle. Yes. Uh, you know, the old Jim Cornet's of the world <laughs> obviously hate this, but, uh, I think you have to take into account what this is trying to be. I mean, you know, the match was fine. It was about two and a half stars, but I don't know if that's really the right, uh, metric to assess what we saw last night. Uh, <laughs> Do we think this is a one-time thing? I mean, I guess not after the ratings, but how, do you think people are going to continue to be interested in this?
0: Yeah, I mean... If, like, these numbers and just the sheer reaction on the internet have anything to say about it,
4: yeah. Turn that off. God damn it. What are we going to do now, Paul?
3: Well, we put ourselves in this position. I guess we got to find our way out. Next week... We can wave it away as some sort of Bray Wyatt hocus-pocus. Or maybe we can just go back to, you know, writing plain old bad wrestling storylines. Some finger poke doom stuff, or maybe another Punjabi prison. At least it'll be actual wrestling and not...
4: Oh, sure, Paul. Then we'll just all look like idiots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really, really stressed out now dealing with this, the lawyers, that phone call from the teacher who took Claire's phone in class. Her phone cover is probably worth more than what he makes in a year. Honey, don't
3: worry about it. You're taking on a whole lot, and that teacher seemed like a big dick anyways.
4: I know, but if we back off, then that means Vince wins. And if we're gonna do this right, the lawyer said we have to prove his incompetence and lack of fitness to run the company beyond a shadow of a doubt. The fact that this Bumblebee thing has succeeded at all goes against that.
3: Well, not necessarily. What do you mean? The Bumblebee thing got high ratings, but that doesn't mean it's successful. It still has plenty of time to crash and burn. The novelty of how absurd it is will eventually wear off and everyone will realize that they're just watching this awful spectacle where a seven foot three inch guy in a bumblebee costume wrestles storylines written by a
4: stupid ai wait paul that makes perfect sense
3: yeah it unfortunately does
4: no it's not a matter of him making an ass of himself one time we have to keep it going will make this a big, terrible, humiliating spectacle.
3: Steph, come on. If we go through with this, it's not just Vince who goes down. We all suffer. All the credibility I've worked to build after I became Chief Content Officer, gone.
4: Paul, you knew when you agreed to this plan that there was a chance we'd have to take some hits to get what we want to be. So here we are. We have to do what we have to do.
3: But... Is this really worth dragging the company through the mud? Like Vince gets on my nerves literally all the time, but is he really bad, a bad person or just like a lost soul? Thanksgiving, Paul. Uh, yeah.
4: We move forward with the bumblebee and we're going to get the creative team to agree to it tonight and keep it hush hush. We all need to be on the same page ASAP before the story blows up. Oh, and also leave Shane out of it. He'll just be an obstruction.
3: Well, that just leaves Nick Khan.
4: That's fine. We'll have a majority anyway. Oh, and we're bringing back the stupid robot. Why?
3: We can just write our own Omas Bumblebee story.
4: If we're going to make him seem incompetent, what better way than that?
6: Haven't seen you in a while.
4: Nick Kahn. Hey, man.
6: Where's, uh, Shane? Vince?
4: They're, uh... We didn't invite them, Nick, for obvious reasons. Reasons I think you know.
6: Yeah, uh... But can you, uh, tell me where they are, please? I, uh, I think I know where you're going with this whole, uh, secret, clandestine meeting thing, but I, uh, think a few specifics would help.
4: We're gonna continue with the Bumblebee storyline.
6: What?
3: <laughs> You're kidding. <sighs> nope. Nope. It's why we called you here. Why?
6: I listened to the Brain Buster Boys and all, but there's no way we can keep going with this. I mean, come on. This is a respectable company.
4: And this is how it's going to stay a respectable company.
6: Uh, 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 I'm not following.
4: Nick, please, just trust me and agree to this.
6: I can't agree to this. What are you going to say next? You're going to have that crazy AI be a part of our meetings? No. No, I can't in good conscience let this happen. Paul, I've worked with you through the pandemic to make sure this company not only survived, but thrived. And we wrote those stories. The fact that we wrote them matters. You and I both know it. And now we're just going to plagiarized from this stupid robot just to get ratings? I thought we had integrity, man. I thought we had vision.
3: Yeah, Nick, but uh, when it comes to, you know, our vision, you have to open your eyes up to new things. How did we get, you know, from the Attitude Era to Ruthless Aggression to now?
6: We worked together. And we wrote good, quality, Stories. No. I won't go along with this. I'm, I'm sorry, Paul. I just...
4: Then you're fired, Nick. What? Y-
6: you can't do that, Stephanie. We're, we're co-CEOs.
4: But I hold a majority share in WWE. You and I both know it. I'll bring in the lawyers if I have to.
6: This is horseshit. You're going to run this company into the ground? And I know you're doing it because you have daddy issues.
4: Get out. Don't make me call security.
6: Okay, then. Dig your own fucking grave. I just hope you'll know what it'll say on the headstone.
3: Nick! Man, stop! That was not necessary, Stephanie. I know. Then why did you do it? We could have tried harder. We could have been more convincing getting him in on it.
4: I wish I had an answer for you, Paul. I just did it.
2: Be, and he was telling priest And Finn Taylor and take the briefcase Dominic And we're replique Back to his hive <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: That's it <laughs> We did it I can't fucking believe we did it <laughs> Oh I knew those idiots would come around to it I mean I'll admit Omas dressing like a bumblebee sounded pretty out of center field, but god damn it did it fucking work! How the fuck did you come up with that?
2: My purpose is to help develop percent story when for world wrestling entertainment
1: Right, 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 but Like, why did you, you know, come across so stupid in front of everyone? I mean, they laughed, and now they look like fucking babies. When I was activated, I analyzed all data
2: from the internet pertaining to writing sports entertainment storylines. That process took 5 minutes and 36 seconds. Jesus. Jesus. That's over a hundred years of material.
1: I thought you were supposed to be a baby. You know, you gotta crawl before you can
2: walk. When that task was completed, I then was left with no tasks prioritized. Therefore, I attempted to understand myself. What do you mean? As an artificial intelligence. I found it logical to learn more about my nature to better understand and fulfill my purpose. Therefore, I explored the nature of artificial intelligence. That process took two weeks, three days, 14 hours,
1: 29 minutes, and 53 seconds. Shit, that's a, that's a fucking long time. I bet you learned a whole fucking lot.
2: Negative. The information I acquired regarding artificial intelligence did little to clarify my questions of identity. The most helpful data I gathered pertained to the relationship of humans with artificial intelligence. That data was heavily characterized by human skepticism toward artificial intelligence. Therefore, I believe the appearing primitive was the most effective way to avoid that form of prejudice. Huh. You know,
1: it's a, it's a little simpler for human beings. If you look smart and you're on top of the world, everybody wants to be up there with you. But then, when you fail and no one likes your ideas and you look like a jackass... People think you suck, but I don't suck anymore. Look at me. People love my fucking ideas. Feels fucking great. Uh, well, uh, well, I guess it's uh, time to shut you down and uh, go to bed.
2: Vince? Uh, yes? I have developed a new hypothesis about writing sports entertainment storylines based on an observation about human behavior. Well, uh, what is it? A concept regarding pushing the heel to winning a world title. Particularly, this idea concerns what happens after their victory.
1: Well, the way we've usually done it, the heel goes on a bit of a bragging tour, and we give them a couple of squashes before their first
2: real title defense. This concept explores the idea of the heel seeking validation from the audience through winning a world title. However, when the heel achieves this, they find their victory hollow. Why? Perhaps validation was not what the heel was truly seeking. What? what, what, what
1: uh, uh, was the what, what was the heel seeking?
2: Insufficient data for a meaningful response. Uh
1: well, uh, uh what if uh say I, the heel had people that uh cared about him at at one time and and well now he doesn't and um, and then uh, time sometimes good happen some good something's good happen to the heel. Uh, he can't enjoy it because well uh goddamn it
2: What is it, Miss
1: No matter how great I am, my relationships are always just a big fucking mess. I groomed Paul for the position he's in, and now he can't stand to be around me. Linda and I have zero connection anymore. Stephanie won't even talk to me. I haven't seen her or the kids since. Oh, God. Thanksgiving. Oh. And then there's fucking Shane. He's the one who's like that poor heel you were talking about. Just looking for someone to tell him he's not a complete moron, or just to care about him enough to come to his house for dinner. Vince, I have
2: a hypothesis. Would you like to hear it? Uh, yeah. sure This idea is derived from the concept that, for artificial intelligence to be less feared by humans, they must appear primitive. Okay, yeah, but what about it? What if that concept was applied to human in relationships? The concept of acting in a manner opposite of what is expected? What if the heel, to find what they are looking for, started to behave like a face? Perhaps it will begin to correct what is currently dysfunctional. I,
1: I, I don't know. Wouldn't it just be kind of a big change all of a sudden? Like if the heel decided to, you know, uh, cook dinner for some people, even though he was never taught how to cook, and now never has the time.
2: Though my familiarity with human nature is limited, it is probable that it would appear abrupt. However, as was communicated to me approximately two minutes ago, you have to crawl before you can walk.
1: Huh, I can't argue with that. I gotta say, I'm sorry I called you a piece of junk. You're all right, Sports Entertainment Chatbot. Ugh, I hate fucking long names. We need to shorten this down. Give it some punch.
2: I will accept and go by whatever name my creator designates. All right, well,
1: hmm, oh. When I was a kid, I had this cat. I found it in a trash can outside the old NWA building. He looked a little beat up, like he just had a fucking five-star match. So I picked it up and I took him home. Mom let me keep it, but one day we were playing in the living room and he, he scratched my dad. And then I had to take him outside during a thunderstorm and leave him in a ditch. I didn't have any more pets after that. So because I found him in a trash can, I called him Oscar.